All right, so let's go ahead and finish up our PASOC RPM. Uh, we are closing out the week of unleavened bread and we're headed towards the meal of Mashiach. The, we're headed for the sea, the sea of reeds that is, that's going to split and open up and go crazy for us. All amazing and wonderful good things. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and see if I can pull up my notes here. I've already saved so many notes that my little history of notes opened on my tab here is gone away. So I'm going to have to do my Yom Tov Drosh. Pull that back up. Because in there I got the whole story of what went down on uh, the parting of the Sleekha, the parting of the Yom Suf. So let me go ahead and cue that up real quick. Because the seventh day of Pesach, which is the seventh day of the week of unleavened bread, the festival of Matzot, there's a lot of stuff that happened over there. And yeah, Chag HaMatzot 5780. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. All right. Brugashem, thank you for your patience. All right. So the first thing I want to drop is some Rabbi Tonka truck. Rabbi Trugman. First thing is he brings this down. I want to let us all know. I've been mentioning this too, that, you know, we're going to be going through some struggle during this counting of the Omer to get to Shabbat Ode. And then after that, all that kind of stuff and we're going from high points to low points to high points to low points and ups and downs and ascents and descents and it's like oh my gosh i don't know if i can do this and it's like well this is life by the way so as you're counting your omer it's meant to elevate you but you're going to be going through tests and trials of all kinds i know i certainly am so the thing is is that we have to not necessarily get used to it, but yeah, get used to it. Get used to being in places of uh, straits. You know, it's just kind of like, this is uncomfortable. This is tough. This is challenging. I feel like I'm going to drown. I feel like I'm going to die. Um, a former uh, person I used to work with when I used to work at a church a long time ago. Thank Hashem that I've been set free. My chains are gone. But I was wondering like what they've been up to and Turns out this person is is a children's pastor now and um, at a different church. And I was like, you know what? I hadn't seen this person in forever. I wonder what they're doing. So I click on the video, right? And of course, it's JC this, JC that. And it's just like, okay, I, I brought this on myself, so I can't be upset. So I wasn't. But it was really hard to just kind of sit there and listen. But what they got into was really, really cool when I got to just kind of fly up a little bit and just watch the the principles of what they were dropping. So they're talking about Yeshua and the boat with his Talmudim and the storm thing happens and Yeshua's asleep in the bottom of the boat and they're like, hey, don't you care that we're perishing? And then they get to the side of the, the sea and then they find this guy who's demon-possessed and then the demons that are the ones that are called Legion. And they're like, have you come to torment us before our time? Which by the way, means that they thought Yeshua was not a man. So that's something to think about. The demons believe in shudder, 
But even their belief far surpasses the belief of some people who don't think that Yeshua is divine. So that's probably an issue that we should probably rectify. Because if a demon thinks that the Messiah is not a man and the demons think that the Messiah is divine, then who are we to say he's not divine and he's just a man? I mean, demons over here are doing stuff. Anyway, so they freak out. And Yeshua's like, no, I'm not here. Just leave this man alone. And they're like, okay, well, fine. Send us into the pigs. And they go off. And then it's like, babe has a horrible day and runs off the cliff and into the, into the side of the sea. So that was that was happened. And they get back in the boat, go to the other side. And then there's a guy who has a daughter who's about to pass away. And there's a big crowd around Yeshua. And Yeshua's like, okay, sure, I'll come. I'll come hear your daughter. And then that's when uh, I believe I'm I'm trying to just recount what I'm hearing in this, this teaching that I clicked on. And they were like, yeah. And so that's going on. So he's trying to go to the house. And then there's a person who has an issue of blood and comes to touch the hem of his garments. They didn't say ZZ. And I was hoping that they would. But of course, they didn't know about that. So there's that. But anyway, so they did all that. And then it was all like, okay, so now that you've taken time to deal with this uh, circumstance, because this woman was like, you know, I have an issue of blood and I touched the hem of the garment. It's like, who touched me? It's like, everybody's touching you. It's like, well, virtue went out for me. And so, you know, somebody touched me like me, like the real me, like beyond this human flesh me. And it's like, I need to see who that was. And the the woman, you know, is revealed and all that. And then by that time, uh, people come from the guy's house and it's like, your daughter's died. So tell Yeshua not to worry about it. And it's like this whole disheartening moment. And Yeshua's like, no, everything's gonna be fine. Let's, let's go get your daughter. And it's like, she's dead. Like, what are you talking about? And, you know, obviously little girl wake up, that happens. It's like, okay, she needs some matzah, you know, not that this happened during Pesach, but give her some food or something. You know, like it's time for her to eat now. She's ready. Side note, it's just like this whole thing where people who are raised from death, it's like, all right, now feed him. It's just like, okay. So Yeshua, when he was resurrected at the meal with his machine, his uh, Talmudim, the little girl gets healed and it's like, okay, give her something to eat. <laughs> you know, it's just like, wow. So resurrection must uh, burn quite a few calories, I guess. Uh, but anyway. Just uh, fun things to think about. So the point being is that you have to think about, first of all, the bystanders and all this. Yeshua is not in a rush to get anywhere. And it's like people are freaking out like we were about to perish in a storm. Now, demon possessed guy in a graveyard. Now, it's cool. Uh, a guy has a daughter about to die. Now, it's cool. Woman issue of blood for a bunch of years. No, it's cool. And it's just like, what in the world? So I just bring this up because in the sea, as we're going through it, this is the beginning of our new life. This is where we literally cross over from death into life. At this point, we were on our way to not ever dying again. Because by the time we made it to Mount Sinai, we were on a level. And then Hashem was like, I see your 49 levels. And I raise you up another 49, which means I'm going to raise you 98 levels in 49 days. Because on the 50th day, you're going to reach this, this 98th level. Because that's how legit it is. Like, you're going to elevate from impurity. And you're going to come all the way up into purity. So you're going to go back to from 49 to zero, which means you're going to level out. 
because that's what counting the armor does, brings you back to a level point. From that point of shim, seize your effort. Then he's going to take you up to the 49 levels of purity, which is the 49 gates of wisdom found in Torah, just short of the 50th gate, which you have to die and go into resurrection and all of that, like the new life that Mashiach is going to bring with the final redemption. That's the 50th gate and beyond. So you, Hashem brought us to that point at Shavuot. So you can see from the Yom Suf to Mount Sinai, we at this point, we're never, ever going to die again. And furthermore, all of the healing and the delusion and all of the corruption and chaos and uh, wickedness and horribleness in our lives that needed to get worked out and fixed, that was getting healed the more we were walking towards the mountain. So are you struggling financially right now? Are you struggling mentally right now? Are you struggling spiritually right now? Are you struggling physically right now? Keep walking towards the mountain because by the time you get to Shavuot, you're going to be completely healed. You will because that's the pattern. When we got to the mountain, every eye could see, every ear could hear, every foot could walk and dance. Like there were no lame, there were no sick, there were no blind, there were no deaf, there were no mute because Hashem healed us along the way. And that's why it's important to note that we count the Omer for a full month of ER and partially during the month of Nisan and partially during the month of Sivan. ER is the month of our healing. So this Rosh Hodesh that's getting ready to come up in about a week or so that takes us into the new month of ER, that's an acronym for I am Hashem, your healer. So literally counting the Omer is going to heal like so many things. And on the surface, it's not going to look like anything. So that's important to pay attention to. So, yeah, so take take note of these things. And again, to kind of tie a bow on my story that I brought up about my former um, co-worker that I used to work with, that's now a children's pastor and stuff, that they were telling us that we're in uncertain times and we have to know that Yeshua, we're with him, you know, and he's got a plan that we need to, we need to walk with him through, you know, like he knows why we're going back and forth across this sea. He knows why we're going from this situation to that situation, this struggle to that struggle. And yet he's even killed the whole time. So it's like, we have to get used to bringing ourselves to an equal equilibrium and in the midst of uncertainty, pain and distress. So I was just kind of like, wow, that's neat. So what does that mean? <laughs> and it, obviously there wasn't, it was just, Oh, just believe in JC kind of thing. That's ultimately what that was about. So, um, but yeah, the, the thing that I like to just kind of add to that though, to give gravity to that situation is that's why it's so beautiful to have tour observance. We don't have books and we don't have uh, things that the sages taught us just for fun and games. This is real stuff. And I can't always but help but think that so many times people want to go to witch doctors and do tarot cards and palm readings and magic crystal balls and witchcraft and sorcery to try to make it through challenging times. I want to do magic stuff and tricks and supernatural things. Like we, we would rather do that than sit down 
and meditate on the Omer count. We'd rather do that than sit down and read the Torah portion. And it's like, these are the very tools that Hashem has given us that causes the natural and the supernatural to become one so that we can succeed, we can achieve, we can excel, we can progress. But we have to bring ourselves to this point. And that's what COVID-19 is forcing us to do. And the more we push back against it, the worse we make it for ourselves. So it's incredible. Hashem obviously knows how all the dimensions and how everything works, you know, and like how can a mountain, you know, pull itself up from the earth and float in the sky? It's just like, okay. Hashem knows how all of that works. So he can't tell us how to do things so that we don't have to, quote unquote, break the system or uh, do sorcery to make it through. You know, like what we what we seek after from a, a, a human me mentality to like make it through. Like, I need to just do this weird, corrupt thing over here just so I can be fine. Hashem's like, no, if you do this, you will be fine without all the effects. Because the thing is, you you bring up on yourself demons and all this sorts of stuff when you do those kinds of sorcery things. And when you do that kind of witchcraft, and it's like, but yeah, but they told me everything. They, they knew about my life. They knew about my choices and they knew about my destiny. It's like, yes, they sure did. Because demons have a lot of information that we don't have. But guess what? It's finite. Because did you know there's a year's worth of information available about us right now in the spiritual realms on the base? Like that's apart from us making Teshuva, apart from us tearing up evil decrees, apart from us meriting through Mashiach Yeshua, there is a set amount of information that's available. So any demon or any person who taps into that channel, they can get that information about you. Because our lives are determined from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, from Tishrei to Tishrei. And you can tap in supernaturally to those channels in very wicked and corrupt and twisted and perverted ways to get that information. So, do you want to go with that? Or do you want to go with going beyond that? Because every single time you get to walk in newness of life, that's what Hashem has for us. Hashem gives us the ability to transcend our judgments, transcend our decrees that we bring down upon ourselves. We can go beyond. We can be made new right now. This is why it's important to know Abraham knew that before his name was changed to Abraham, he wasn't going to have children. And he was like, Hashem, you're giving me all this stuff, but it doesn't matter. Hashem was like, Abraham, come with me for a second. And it says he took him outside the tent. The sources say that he took him beyond the stars. I want to take you above and beyond limitations, my friend. Because Abraham was the only one who was called a friend of God, by the way. You know, like he said, Abraham is my friend. Like him and I are so much alike. Anyway, so that's the point for us. And the way that we get outside of limitation is to limit ourselves to Hashem's word, to what the sages have handed down to us. 
we put those quote unquote limitations on us and that's our access to unlimitedness. We reach unlimitedness by confining ourselves to the yoke of Torah, binding ourselves up with Mashiach. So, that's all I have to say about that. Rabbi Trugman, I did it again. I Goodness gracious. I said Rabbi Trugman and then I went off on a swerve for like 10 or 12 minutes, if not more. All right. Rabbi Trugman, seven days of Pesach. That's what he says. On the second night of Pesach, we start counting the Omer. The seven-week, 49-day period culminating in Shavuot and the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. This period is very conductive for rectifying different aspects of our personality. Did I not just mention? Okay, I'm not going to say anything. This period. What period? Counting Yomer. Going through Nisan, ER, into Savan, Shabbat. Says this period is very, say very, conductive to rectifying different aspects of our personality. According to Kabbalah, the seven weeks of the Omer correspond to the seven lower Sephirot, the channels of divine flow into the world. The Sephirot are called channels of divine flow into the world. So the seven weeks are seven different channels of divine flow that we're bringing into the world. Each of the seven channels has seven days. Okay, so it takes one day seven times so a week so it takes a full week to fully bring in a channel of divine flow okay so when you do all seven weeks which match up to the seven branches of the menorah you bring in seven channels full force full blast into the world all right who's doing sorcery now like dr strange dr sakal get you some there's a holy way to do that stuff and it's called count the omer why do you think we chant our prayer? Why do you think we sing our brakas? That's what we're doing. We're doing some Dr. Sakal stuff. We all have the ability to do that. So are you? Let me get back to the source. The Sephirot uh, manifest themselves at all levels of reality, including that of the human psyche and personality, each sephira, according to the principle of interinclusion, which means, okay, we count the seven weeks. So each week is a specific sephira. And within that week, we're going through the other seven sephira. So chesed has a chesed, a gavura, a teferit, a netzach, a hod, yesod, malkut. Then you go to gavura. Givora has a chesed, Givora, Teferit, Natsak, Hod, Yesod, Malkut. So that's called interconclu inter bleh. It's called interinclusion. So they're all part of each other. So you're weaving these seven channels together. You're doing like this crazy circuit board, cross connect, tic tac toe, lining up these dots. And not only are you bringing in seven full channels in their own right, but you're cross pattern cross uh pattering the the rays of this inner divine flow so really you have 79 channels instead of just seven 
or 49 channels instead of seven. Seven times seven is 49. So you have seven sevens going on. All right. You got a big bazooka that you're blasting into the creation right now. Who's bringing a new universe order now? Anyway, it says that. So the inter-inclusion actually contains within itself an aspect of all the others. Therefore, we are taught that each night of the Omer represents a combination of two sephirot. So we're going to do this, this crazy pattern here that's going on. We're going to do it by two Mashiachs, I mean, two sephirot at a time. All right, so get your twos going. And it says the primary sephira of the week, as well as the inter-included aspect, the combination of sephirot on the seventh night of Pesach is the aspect of Yesod, foundation, within the aspect of Chesed, which is mercy and loving kindness. The cool thing about this is, is saying that the foundation of loving kindness is the day that corresponds to the parting the Yom Suf. It says, when translated into human experience, this means that there is a connection between Yesod, Shev, Chesed, the foundation of loving kindness, and the events that took place in crossing the sea. Every person at some point has a vision of what they would like to accomplish in life, who they would be like, what their true beliefs are, and what their innate potential could achieve if activated. To translate the vision into reality is one of the main struggles and challenges in life. Many of the vision, many have the vision, but completely lack the inner fortitude to bring it to fruition. Many have the vision, but lack the inner fortitude to bring it to fruition. Many have the vision, but completely lack the inner fortitude to bring it to fruition. Others lack the confidence or faith in themselves. Yikes. Self-incrimination. Others lack the confidence or faith in themselves to even begin. Others may attempt to realize their visions, but when the water gets up to the knees, they panic or lose determination. Others still drown out the vision in alcohol, drugs, or work, or petty pursuits, or shall we say sexual endeavors. In order to not have to face the challenge of becoming who they know they could be. But, a big old but, for those who have the guts, for those who have the chutzpah, for those who think that they are man or woman enough to put on the suit, to try to be all they could be, they must cross the suf, the sea. They must cross the yam, the sea. The yam suf is the, the red sea, the reed sea. It says there is no other way to get to the other side. For those fortunate ones who don't give up, their vision becomes the foundation, i.e. yesod, of their lives. The inspiration to try to fulfill their unique vision and mission in life. Upon this foundation, their entire life rests. 
again, this is why the importance of that story about Mashiach bringing his time of demon to the boat and then the the wind and the waves and stuff start tossing in and he's sleeping in the boat and they're like, don't you care? We're perishing. He's like, first of all, let me talk to the wind and the waves for a second. Okay, now back to you. Why did you guys doubt? Why do you have little faith? Why are you guys hanging out with a Melek? Did we just not learn that we need to get rid of a Melek? That's why that's important because what if we didn't wake Yeshua up? And what if we were like, okay, if Yeshua's asleep on the boat, why don't we do what he's doing? Yeah, we should probably go get next to him and, and take our shelter in him. Do what he's doing. He's at Shalom with the Father. He's at one with the Father. Like, what do I need to do to be at one with the Father right now? Because it's stormy and our boat's going to collapse. It looks like it's going to collapse. So what if the boat collapses and the Talmudim are next to Yeshua? Just think about that. Because Yeshua wasn't going to drown. <laughs> I mean, first of all, he walked on that very water. And then first of all, he told the water and the, the winds to obey him. So what is this? Is this a test or something? Or what are we talking? So what? The boat collapses. Are you or are you not next to Yeshua? Is he is he going to be like, oh, my poor Talmudim, I can't save them. Gosh, the boat collapsed and they're going to just drown because that's the law of man. That's the law of nature. Oh, gosh, I'm OK. They're not. I mean, is that really going to happen? So this this is the challenge that we're up against right now. I'm convicted. I'm talking right now. I'm convicted. I'm just convicted because I'm just like, gosh, man, if the boat collapsed and I was in it, I already don't like water. I can't see to the bottom of anyway. So like anyway, but this is the foundation uh, over here that our life rests on the foundation of having the guts to to go and be all we can be. So I'm Shomer, man, and I know it and I'm keeping my suit on at all times. So what about you? Aziza, Hassin, Dr. Sukal, Captain Israel, Incredible Town Mid, Ishpela, Lajaros or Uros, Slika, and Lukot, Cage, you know, Adi Abira, you know, all, all of you wonderful Avengers and beyond. What say you? Are we Avengers? Are we not? Are we Lapid? Are we not? Are we Sarshalomis? Are we not? Are we followers of Yeshua? Are we not? Last paragraph, it says, The inner motivational dimension of Yesod foundation is called Emet. Okay, I read this already, but I'm just taken back because Yesod is called Emet, which is the word truth. The truth by which we live and make our decisions. Yesod is all about how we live and the decisions that we make. That's where truth shows itself. We can say and we can talk all day, but how do we live and, and what decisions we make? That, that brings the truth out. That's the foundation. A building is only as strong as the foundation upon which it rests on the truths that form our belief system. 
What an act of loving kindness it is from God when he grants us a glimpse of our mission in life and responds to our commitment to fulfill it by opening the sea and helping us through. Crossing the sea and the seventh day of Pesach are therefore the essence of the foundation of loving kindness through which we build our dreams and our reality. That's the other part about everything is Hashem responds to our effort. So if we go through all those things that we know we are, Hashem's like, okay, so are you going to do it? Okay, so now that you're doing that, here, let me help you out. Another thing that was brought down, it says, uh, this dramatic vision and prophecy in the primary textual, is the primary textual source for the long-held Jewish tradition that resurrection of the dead which is destined to occur in conjunction with the Messianic era. There's a prayer called the Yikzor that we recite for our loved ones who've passed on the festivals. And so that's what he's talking about. Rabbi Trugman, of course. It says, uh, there has been much speculation as to how literal or symbolic this vision should be interpreted, as well as exactly how and when it will take place. But... As with all traditions regarding Messianic era, say this with me, all traditions regarding Messianic era, it will only be understood when it actually happens. This is the meaning of Isaiah 64, 3. That's the no I have seen, no ears heard. It says, it should be noted that the resurrection of the dead is the 13th and final principle of faith as taught by Maimonides. So there's that. Uh, and I'll just go ahead and read the rest of this. A third allusion to the resurrection of the dead connected with Pesach is the tradition that it will be accomplished through the tall Takiyah, which is called the dew that will enliven the dew of resurrection. As it will be described in the very next section, it is during Pesach that we make the transition and the daily recitation of the Amidah Shemoni Esrei, the, the prayer where we say, referring to God as the one who makes the wind blow and the rain descend. <speaking in Hebrew> Yep, that blessing says we make the transition on Pesach. Then stands saying, who makes the wind to blow the rain descend. It says that to instead acknowledging God as the one who makes the dew descend. Since dew in the hot and rainless summer, and Israel brings life-giving moisture to vegetation, which would die without this sustenance. It symbolically alludes to the resurrection of the dead. In fact, the statement in the Amidah who makes the dew descend is preceded with the words, You are eternally mighty God. The resuscitator of the dead are you abundantly able to save and is followed later in that passage by saying the blessing blessed are you God who resuscitates the dead now last thing the Seudat Mashiach 
the the uh, the prayer or the the meal of Mashiach that we have on the last day of Matzot. This is uh, what Captain Israel brought down is a celebration of our Brit Milah that began uh, that day, because the eighth day, if you count from the fourteenth of Nisan, eighth day would be the last day of Pesach. Pesach is technically seven days, but if you really look at it on a soul level, it's actually eight days because what are we doing on the 14th of Nisan? And namely, when did Mashiach have his Seder on the 14th of Nisan? Anyway, says the Baal Shem Tov began the custom of gathering together on the last day of Pesach for one last meal at the time when the holiday is coming to an end. Pesach is infused with the hope and faith in the ultimate redemption of the Jewish people and the entire. Seriously, the Jewish people and the entire world. Pesach is infused with the hope and faith in the ultimate redemption of the Jewish people and the entire world. See, it's not just about us. That's the other part of bringing the redemption is it not? It's not just a Jewish thing. It's for the entire world. So that's what this matzah eating is all about. We want redemption, not just for Jews, but for the world. Because when we're when the Jews are redeemed, the world's going to be redeemed because we're supposed to lead the world into righteousness and life everlasting. Yeshua was like, I'm the light of the world. No, you're the light of the world. You go get people out of bondage and out of prison. You go do greater things than I did. That's the true leadership. That's the true kingship. You go pull people out of the depths and out of the pits and out of confusion and out of chaos. That's what Hakamato is all about. So the seventh day, we tip the scale on that. And it says that this last meal is called the Mashiach, the Mashiach Seuda. It's funny because it kind of sounds like the Last Supper, right? <laughs> Which is interesting because Yeshua, who's the first and the last, he could have taken the last and brought it to the first. So the first could be brought forth as last, which is probably why Baal Shem Tov was like, oh, yeah, maybe we should do this. And it's like, yeah, that's why Yeshua had his meal with his, his Talmudim. And, you know, because that's kind of like you know, ultimately what we're, we're pointed towards. Yeshua is like, I'm going to give you the end before the beginning. You know, like, let's just do this right now. And time to come, everybody's going to do a meal of Mashiach, you know, kind of thing. And Baal Shem Tov's like, oh, yeah, 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 I got that. I got that. Anyway, just a little connecting some dots, if you really think about it. Says the meal of Mashiach, where we eat matzah, and drink wine. So what do you need for the meal of Mashiach? You need matzah and wine or grape juice. Red. Okay. Make it red. You need red and white. You need blood and water. Okay. Uh, the white being the matzah, by the way, not the white grape juice or wine. So get you some red grape juice or red wine and some matzah. Okay. Kosher for Passover. We're still in Pesach. So we're still in matzot mode. Okay. So then you get the wine. And the matzah. And it says, as the Seder, or at the Seder, and express our deepest, holiest visions for a redeemed world. This is the time to take your newly found superpowers that you've had for seven days now, or eight, 
because we started on, again, the 14th and Nissan. Now you flex your muscles. This is the flex zone. There's a, a rap song that says, no flex, zone. No flex, zone. Well, that's not a Jewish thing because it's totally a flex zone. Seventh day of the Festival of Matzo, this is when we need to flex. Speaking stuff out. Um, you know, putting the symbolic thoughts and pictures in our mind, using our imaginations and, and letting that just unleash. Okay. This is a uh, Captain America turning to Hulk and saying, Hulk smash. And then Hulk just goes off. That's the meal of Mashiach. That's what we need to do. We all need to Hulk out. Okay. Then it says, uh, just as we ask four questions at the Seder, it would be appropriate for each person to ask themselves four questions. So you were asked four questions at the Seder, but now you're going to ask yourself four questions. Number one, do I really believe in the coming of Mashiach and that world peace and redemption will actually occur? Mm, this is so good. I want to say that again. Do I really believe and the coming of Mashiach and world peace and redemption will actually occur. I'm telling y'all, we have to open our minds to this stuff. We think life is just, oh, it's goodness. And blah, blah, blah. We used to think, oh, I got to go to work and there's traffic. It's like now there's no traffic and now you don't have to go to work. Did you ever think that was possible? Like not just for you, but for like lots of people across the globe equally. Just saying, let that be an example. It doesn't have to go further than that. Anyway, number two, do I sincerely believe the Mashiach could come at any moment, even today? Do I sincerely believe the Mashiach could come at any moment, even today? Number three, can we as individuals help quicken the process of redemption that's another thing people don't know that as they're believers because this is also in tractate sanhedrin 98 that hashem will hasten the redemption if we merit it how do we merit hastening the redemption Teshuvah. the more repentance the quicker this goes it's the proverbial tapping the sand glass the glass is already flipped over and time is running down but you can pick that glass up and tap it, and that's our teshuva. That's more people becoming Jewish. That's more people going, what in the world is an omer? That's more people going, Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Menachalam. Okay, all of that. Number four, have I truly tried to reveal my own inner spark of Mashiach? Did you know there's a spark of Mashiach in you? All of us activate that spark together. Voila, body of many members will now be made manifest. So Mashiach is here, basically, is what this is saying. It's just a matter of time for him to be revealed. This is why sometimes you'll hear, <clears throat> and I try to say this in my prayers, HaKadosh Baruch may you reveal Mashiach, Ben David, and the final redemption speedily in our days. Because it's already here, it's just waiting to be revealed because it's like, do we have the divine sparks? Is our own divine spark activated? So, which leads to what Rabbi Tonka Truck finishes out by saying, ultimately, 
Each person can only do their small part and contribute their Meshehu, their Mashiach, towards the great goal of world redemption. As Pesach ends and ebbs away, we all need to rededicate ourselves. Oh, we're doing a Hanukkah now. We need to rededicate ourselves to this to this loftiest goal, loftiest of goals, by recapturing the spiritual big bang of the Seder night. I told you this was creation week. It's got seven days for a reason. And then not only are we renewing creation, but we're renewing the universe. So we are making a big bang, if you will, into the universe by what we are doing right now. And Bezrat Hashem, we are handling that business. As the incredible professor Talmud would like to say, or he likes to say, Henny die business. <laughs> Going on to say, when individuals succeed in kindling and fanning their inner spark of Mashiach, this will then create a critical mass of energy that will bring the final redemption into reality. May it be speedily in our days. Amen. Remember that landing pad I told you about? You turn the world into a giant olive and Hashem will come. People need to know that. Turn the world into an olive. Activate your divine spark. Fan and kindle your own inner spark of Mashiach. And then it will create a critical mass of energy that will bring the Mashiach. Each one of us has Mashiach in us. And we have to bring that out. And we have to be unashamed about it. We can't be timid like, oh, did I go too much? Or did I not do enough? Or da 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 It's like, no. You hanny thy business. Okay, and then, you know, the same thing happened to us at Mount Sinai, that Hashem spoke to us according to our level. As much as we wanted Hashem, that's what we received. Every mitzvah came down and bowed itself before us and said, will you accept me upon yourself? And then it went into our crown. You know, it's like the sonic hedgehog game where you go through, you try to collect all those gold rings and then you can power up. Like, that's what the commandments are. That's what the voice of Hashem is. Like, each of these sparks coming at us, and it's like, do you want this? It's like, yes, I do. You grab it, you get a little bit more power. Do you want this? Yeah, you grab it, you get a little bit more power. And then you ultimately charge up until you're, like, bursting off the scale, and then hopefully everybody else is doing the same thing. And when all of us do this, kolachad, boom, final redemption. Kili shuateka kiviti Hashem. Baruch Abba B'Shem Adonai Ga'al Yisrael.